After this, the Lord appointed 70 others and sent them on ahead of him in pairs to every town and place where he himself intended to go. He said to them, The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, ask the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Go on your way. See, I'm sending you out like lambs into the midst of wolves. Carry no purse, no bag, no sandals, and greet no one on the road. Whatever house you enter, first say, peace to this house. And if anyone is there who shares in peace, your peace will rest on that person. But if not, it will return to you. Remain in the same house, eating and drinking whatever they provide for the laborer deserves to be paid. Do not move about from house to house. Whenever you enter a town and its people welcome you, eat what is set before you. Cure the sick who are there and say to them, the kingdom of God has come near to you. But whenever you enter a town and they do not welcome you, go out into the streets and say, even the dust of your town that clings to our feet, we wipe off in protest against you. Yet know this, the kingdom of God has come near. Then he said, whoever listens to you listens to me. And whoever rejects you rejects me. And whoever rejects me rejects the one who sent me. The 70 returned with joy, saying, Lord, in your name, even the demons submit to us. He said to them, I watched Satan fall from heaven like a flash of lightning. See, I've given you authority to tread on snakes and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing will hurt you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice at this, that your spirit submits to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. The Gospel of the Lord. So I learned a new thing this week, thanks to Liv Larson Andrews, who is a pastor at Salem Lutheran Church in Spokane, Washington. She wrote about how her yoga instructor has her yoga students literally shake themselves as part of their practice, which seems odd. Seems odd because whenever I've done yoga and whenever I think about yoga, I think about slow, deliberate, strong, methodical kinds of movements Not what I imagine a full body shake might be like. But the logic, the rationale, the explanation, one might say the theology of this shaking exercise comes from the notion that mammals out there in the wild, if they have survived an attack of some kind, often shake their bodies once they've regained their safety, because smarter people than me, including certain yoga yoga instructors in Spokane, Washington, apparently, believe that this literal, physical, sometimes violent shaking completes the cycle of trauma. 
I was going to show a video. I found plenty of videos, but I didn't want to scare anyone. Watching an animal escape an attack like the ones I found might be a little gross and scary for some, but have you ever seen footage of a zebra or a giraffe or a gazelle or a wildebeest escape an attack from a lion? You can see it, right? You can imagine it. Maybe you remember having seen that somewhere. They literally shake themselves when it's over, something like a dog after a bath. You can Google it. It's a thing. And there's a name for it even, I found out. It's called therapeutic tremoring. Because sometimes it looks like a seizure, too. Also kind of disturbing to watch. A full-body tremor. Like if you were as cold as you've ever been. Chilled to the bone and unable to get warm again. Whatever the case, the thinking is that this shaking or this tremoring helps to release muscle tension, to burn excess adrenaline, and to calm an overcharged nervous system. And it's not just for animals. Maybe you've experienced it, or maybe you've seen some people do it when they get what I scientifically refer to as the heebie-jeebies. When we've been scared suddenly, or disgusted and grossed out by something, we feel that shiver up our spine, or we do our own full-body shimmy to try to shake off or shake out whatever has disturbed us in the moment. Right? Anyway, well, there's a ton of stuff in this morning's gospel story that we could wrestle with. This long litany of marching orders from Jesus to his first followers, I'd already been wrestling with and wondering about this bit where he tells them to wipe the dust from their feet. When I came across this stuff about trauma and therapeutic tremoring and our natural inclination or need even for such behavior and such practice in our lives, especially these days. Now, I'm not sure Jesus would have described any of this this way, don't get me wrong, but it resonates with me as a practical and holy way to consider what Jesus is saying nonetheless. In other popular translations of this same text, we're told Jesus tells his followers not to wipe like we just heard, but to shake the dust from their feet as a protest against those who refuse to welcome or to receive them or to welcome or to receive the good news of God's kingdom they were trying to share. I don't think it's an exaggeration, then, to say that these last few weeks, these last many months, these last couple of years have been an exercise in some measure of trauma for people on the planet. I'm not sure we can gauge if things are any worse for us than they've been for previous generations, or that we have it any harder, or that we've been any more traumatized as white middle-class people in the United States of America, any more traumatized than so many others have been in our own country or around the world these days or over the course of time. But that's all relative. Trauma, I mean, and struggle. 
And we aren't used to what we've been dealing with lately. Because we are bombarded with however much bad news and anxiety and stress and trauma we can consume thanks to social media and by way of the 24-hour news cycle. Never mind the many and various ways we suffer and struggle in our own daily lives more up close and personally. Take a minute to close your eyes and think about the litany of things that give you pause or that cause you stress or that bring anxiety into your life or that make you afraid these days. not a hard list to conjure, is it? That list is long and it's easy to write for many of us. I've heard it said that our hearts and our minds, our brains and our nervous systems just aren't wired to manage all that the world continues to pile on these days. Pandemics and politics War in Ukraine, war in Yemen, gun violence and school shootings. We know too many things about too much ugliness in our lives and in this world. So I wonder if Jesus' invitation to wipe off or to shake off the dust of it all is nothing more and nothing less than an exercise and an invitation to faithful self-care. Remember what he said. Whenever you enter a town and they don't welcome you, go out into its streets and say, even the dust of your town that clings to our feet, we wipe off in protest against you. It made me think of that social media meme that's become so popular recently with all the political and cultural divisions in our country. I'm sure you've seen it. Something like, we don't have to agree on everything in order to be friends. I understand the sentiment. I get the point. I believe the intent of that is good but I've never seen it posted by someone who feels like they are the ones being oppressed or abused or taken advantage of or traumatized. The wildebeest, the zebra, the gazelle, or the giraffe who's been attacked, even though she escapes, would not post that meme on her Twitter feed after making it back safely to the herd. So I also understand that it cannot apply to every circumstance. If you are a racist or a bigot or a hateful homophobe who doesn't want to learn why or how not to be those things, you may not be able to be friends with everyone. We can share communion. 
we can worship and we can learn and we can serve together and I think we should try. The kingdom of God is as near to you as it is to me, as it is to them, whoever they are. Even if I think they're wrong about what that kingdom looks like. But if you or the hearts and minds and lives of vulnerable people that you care about are not safe in the presence of or by way of the policies, politics, and theology that someone else endorses, the truth is you can't be friends in the fullest sense of that word. We can be kind and we can be cordial with one another and we should be. But there comes a point, there comes a time when even Jesus wiped the dust off of his feet in protest against those who refused to receive the grace he had to offer. And I believe we're allowed to do that too. For the sake of our own safety and our own sanity and our own well-being in this life. And I hope this is a place where all of that can happen. Where we are kind and cordial and gracious, of course. But also where we can wipe the dust of this broken world from our feet. Where we can shake the trauma and the anxiety, the suffering and the struggle from our shoes and from our souls for however long that will last, that we can head back out there and try again. I hope our confession when we offer it and our forgiveness when we receive it is a chance to shake the dust of our own shame and sin so that we can live and move and breathe with an unburdened, liberated, clean slate again. I hope the water of baptism that we are invited to touch as often as we can get our hands on it changes us all every day with the love of God and that it's a chance to wipe away all that fear, some of that frustration, that sadness, that despair that threatens us too much of the time these days. And I hope that somehow we are a vision of the kingdom that has come among us, the kingdom that has come for us, the kingdom that is meant to be shared by us for the sake of this world until we are all friends, really. Bound together by a deep love and care and concern for one another, bound together by the grace of God that cannot be shaken and that will redeem every last one of us in Jesus Christ the Lord. Amen.